Hello and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the always growing, all-consuming head. <sighs> yeah. Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and play some games sometimes. Uh, Dane, what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking about character growth. So, like, you have a backstory, and your character sheet is filled out, mm-hmm. so you're done, right? I mean, good news. Oh, no, wait. It's supposed to be good news, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't have to be the end of it. Character progression is an optional feature, but it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about character growth yeah. and progression today. <coughs> First off, because uh, you coughed, I'm going to just yeah, go ahead go with ahead. The, the signposts. <coughs> um We're going to talk about personal growth, like the character's personal growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're going to talk about actual, like, stat progression and mechanic progression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the mechanic of, like, progression as a leveling, getting better, more powerful, that thing. Which is the much more familiar Yeah. and easy, I guess. Uh, Because personal character growth, like, having your role-playing character grow and you know change develop is a little bit uh harder i would say Mm -hmm. because a lot of systems don't have a mechanic for it uh they just focus on stat progression yeah but we're talking about stat progression later all right so personal growth right what's its purpose purpose is to immerse yourself more completely in the you know in the shared fiction, everyone gets together to like pretend this is real, right? Mm, yeah, that's its that is its purpose. You're right. I had forgotten what its purpose was. <laughs> yes. So you um which is, you know, why you write a backstory, right? And usually well, a good, they're tragic so, yeah. and yeah. you're a traumatized There's there's a reason for you to be doing what you're doing and it, you know, is set in the setting where your adventure takes place. So, you know, you're you're working on the immersion from your end when you come up with a character in the first place. You're creating someone who lives in this setting who, you know, runs around and does stuff. The idea of that character growing and changing over time only further serves that immersion. And, you know, all the characters that we like best are the ones who are, you know... That grow. Yeah, that are that are flawed and interesting, and they right. learn stuff and they change over time in in satisfying ways, uh, and that's you know. So when we say character growth, that's what we're talking about, distinct mm. from the idea of progression, which we're gonna get to. Right. Um, so, I guess a decent example of character growth, right, is if you take Aragorn from the books and Aragorn from the movies. In the books, he had already done his growth, his personal growth. He was ready to be king at the right time. You know, he was like, I'm not going to hide from it. Yeah, he doesn't struggle with that, like, guilt and inadequacy. Mm -hmm. But... uh, In the movie... In the movie, yeah, because we don't know this guy yet. They they introduce him to us as, like, a, you know... Ranger of the North. Ranger dude who's, like, a little bit gruff... And maybe a little scary even at first. And then, you know, you get to know him a little bit and like, oh, he's this famous heir. He's he's got a lot of baggage. Is he 
actually like able to become king again. Mm-hmm. Is that? And he has to go through this arc of, you know, finding out that he's ready and committing to it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of, uh, I think it's one of the better changes that the film series makes over the source material. Not that the source material is bad, but like Aragorn is a more interesting character in the movies. Because he's got to grow. Yeah. Right? He, that's, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Cause he moves through, he moves through different, you know, stages of his own life and he, he changes his mind based on, you know, how he overcomes challenges and what he feels like his responsibility is. He hasn't just decided that, like, I'm going to help with this, and then I'm going to go, like, you know, return to Gondor. That's my plan. That's not as interesting. Right, and especially, and then it becomes powerful, like, you know, Boromir's like, you're not my king, and then when he's dying, he's like, I would have yeah. followed, you're my king now. Then he commits to it, because mm. he proved Sad. himself. Yeah. And then getting that recognition from a guy who's like, well, whatever, Gondor has no king, at that point, he he's needs like, no king. I don't care. I don't want to be king. Mm. And then, you know, all the elves are like, well, but you're the heir and, like, you're the best one to be king, so you should do it. Eventually, he gets to the point where he accepts that and commits to it. Growth. Right. So that's what we're talking about. Personal growth. Uh, stats don't come into this. Um, so one way a character can grow um, personally develop quirks or maybe lose quirks um and by quirks uh we're reckoned back to darkest dungeon darkest dungeon uh something that they do really well it well at least in the first one not so sure about darkest dungeon i have no idea about darkest dungeon 2 i'm not gonna get in on the early access but if it comes to switch i'll probably mess with it but in darkest dungeon the OG, mm-hmm. uh, characters could develop random quirks mm-hmm. by just going on a mission or maybe they read something in the Warrens yeah. and it gives them a personality trait, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, they're now a kleptomaniac, so they're going to steal gold from the group yeah, or something like that. So your role-playing characters can have similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you didn't think about this when you created your character, but then you can grow and like, you know what? I think my guy, my character, they're, they are a compulsive stealer. They're mm-hmm. a kleptomaniac. Yeah. So every opportunity, they're going to try. And if they get called out, they'll be like, oh, well, I'm no thief. I got, I got busted. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not going to do it. But like, they're going to try, right? Every time. Yeah. Um, something, something that happened to us a while ago is kind of an infamous for our group um an infamous episode in our early role playing was one time dane was running a session and we were just it was kind of like an early thing we were trying to get to a city and do some stuff but we like found a snake on the trail and we got in a fight with it and because of just dice rolls the classic went terribly and it should have been snake it should have been just like a little you know speed bump encounter it was basically a trap like oh they're gonna either you know they're gonna dodge it and kill the snake, or they're going to get bit and kill the snake. Mm-hmm. Except for that's not how it happened. So yeah, we had a terrible time fighting this one, uh, fighting this snake. one snake, and then we like finally all got away. And it became kind of like a running joke where you know, like anything snake related, or like oh, hope there's not a fucking snake in here. 
he's going to throw another snake at us, that sort of thing. Um, that was kind of just like humor on the part of players. Yeah. But um, when something like that happens and, you know, becomes kind of like an omen of ill fortune in your potential for some great role playing. Really great, yeah, really great role playing thing where like that encounter with a snake now informs your character's decision when it comes to like certain other encounters. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a guy with like a snake on his shield and he, you know, really hates that. Or the next time there's an Indiana Jones, you know, temple full of snakes trap situation, your character, you decide that like because of that traumatic experience or whatever, he's gonna have a really terrible time Mm -hmm. here. You don't, you don't optimize, you know. like, how that would be in roleplay is your character does suboptimal decisions. So, like, oh, there's a bunch of snakes on the ground. Yeah. And they're like, well, we need to solve this puzzle over here to escape mm. the temple. But it's like, like, no, I'm not even going to try to I'm solve not gonna the do puzzle. That. I'm, I'm going to go stay away here, from the snakes. And I'm going to, like, move rocks and build a little, yeah. like, fence so that they don't come you know, near me. Very unhelpful. And maybe your character is, like, you know, strong enough to help you know, pull some of the collapsed door aside or whatever, and you're like, nope, sorry, not helping, not going near that. And then it's up to your other players to be like, no, oh, okay, chill out. I'll watch snakes mm-hmm. for you while you move these boulders. You know, get some facility. An opportunity for role-playing. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then your game master, if you're the game master, you could prompt them and be like, okay, well, you give me a role to try and, like, convince them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have a role. You do like a wisdom or a charisma or whatever to talk this guy down. And that all came from that all came from like the imagination of the players. This whole, right. you know, fun imaginary hypothetical scenario we came up with. Mm-hmm. There's an idea of an incident informing your character's later decisions, good or bad. Uh, the incident could be good or bad the way you can decide whether they like react negatively to it or positively to it. But that's the point. Um, you can make your character grow completely separate from the idea of leveling or uh, stat increases or whatever. Um, you can make your character grow in all kinds of other ways just through your role-playing. Yeah, and like the like the quirks they don't have to like be very planned out. Like you don't have to, you know, decide that, okay, my character, they're going to be, you know, a huge like alcoholic and then they're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to decide that you can let the, the improv of the role play help you like the, the snake example. Mm-hmm. You didn't set out when you made this character to be like, they're going to develop a fear of snakes. Right. But like, oh, this this thing happened. So here's a good opportunity for my character to show some growth. And and like in the snake example, it's uh, a little bit negative. Like they become afraid of something, mm-hmm. right? But like it, they can also drop bad habits. So like maybe you're you're playing a thief rogue mm-hmm. character. So you you know you're kind of shifty and you start stealing stuff but then like the more that you play and the character gets flushed out it's like maybe they start to come around you know maybe there's a cleric on the team you know a classic example and the cleric's always like stealing's wrong (laughs) like i'm not gonna fight you about it but like you know stealing's bad stealing's bad you should repent and like at first like you know the rogue's like yeah 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 Mm -hmm. and then as as uh, the you know team 
goes through trials and tribulations. Like they're like, actually, cleric's right. Yeah, stealing I is bad. Stop stealing. They do that in um, in the in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Rocket steals some batteries for just like no reason because it's fun to, to steal. steal. And that ends with them getting chased by a bunch of spaceships and then crashing. And then they're crashed on a uncharted planet. And mm-hmm. it's kind of all his fault because he didn't need to do that. And then, you know, later in the movie, he's kind of reconciling like, oh, I, you know, I steal batteries I don't need because, you know, I, I figure I might as well just like screw it up because otherwise I'm going to screw it up somehow. I might as well just do it now. On purpose. And then he starts to, you know, kind of come around from that idea. Mm. That's, uh, you know, an incident that informs behavior changing mm-hmm. as you move forward, one way or another, good or bad. And not to say that it can't be planned out, because it absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, maybe your character really likes an NPC who then dies take that baggage with you you know pack that bag take it with you (laughs) so like they're always referencing you know the npc or like maybe they carry around a token Mm -hmm. and like it could get you know a little horny with like oh maybe they were in love with them Mm -hmm. and so like they carry around a locket you know the lost love kind of you know motif um but just it makes it more interesting and fleshes out the characters if you start to do that because then it gives the game master stuff to play on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, you guys are afraid of snakes. Well, here's a snake. Yeah. Let's see how you deal with it. Now I know, yeah. Giving, and you know, might think, I guess if you had, if you had a confrontational relationship with your game master, you might not like this idea. You might not want to ever tip your hand at like, you have a you weakness. Know, a thing, whatever, but I think if you have a good relationship and you're all invested equally in the fun of the experience, then you should look at that stuff as ammunition for just better experiences going forward. Um, And you should really lean into, like, you know, when things go really well, um, another Darkest Dungeon example of, you know, quirks that aren't necessarily negative, you can get, like, you know, a Beast Slayer little perk from just completing a mission where you fought some beast enemies Mm -hmm. and you know maybe then your character is just like the one who always takes the lead in the forest when you fight a beast enemy and i want to the reason i want to mention that is i want to circle back to it later when we talk about yeah because that's that's a that's Um, a good example of um like a stat progression mm -hmm. um born out of uh, like a character quirk yeah We'll we'll come back to that, but I want to I want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. You know, a thing can happen, and it doesn't have to be like negative. It doesn't have to be a traumatic thing that your character now you know carries the weight of. Sometimes your character can do a great job. And the get dice are going to decide that mm-hmm. sometimes. That just like this went really well. Mm-hmm. Your guy kicked ass when he fought this skeleton. Right, and like yeah, you could partition the game as and be like, yeah, we fought that snake. It was tough. It was traumatic. Uh, my character is going to learn from that and be better at fighting snakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I want my character to have a bonus against snakes. And then, you know, talk to your game master and they'll be like, well, that seems a little OP. And then you'd be like, no, 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 no. It's just for snakes. And yeah. then, you know, hopefully there'll be, they'll be know, chill a about minimum that idea, to it. But yeah. So you can, you can develop your character 
in many different ways, right? And so thinking about the wants and needs of your character, and I know we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but use your backstory to inform stuff, like have a personal goal. You don't have to start with that. Like, you know, you don't have to write in your backstory, oh, they're out for revenge for their family being murdered. You know, that's classic. Mm-hmm. But I implore you to dig a little bit deeper and be like, oh, my character's father smoked a pipe, so I have an infinity for pipes. And I know we talked about that before. So, like, that's where it could come from, is your backstory. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily something that you made up to start with. You can add to your backstory as you go through mm-hmm. the campaign. And it could start with, in the, like, wants versus needs conversation, that's a, that's a writing idea where, like, you know, a character wants something, and it's usually different from what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, Han Solo wants money to pay off his debt, and you could also argue that he needs that because that gets him in trouble later. But mm-hmm. what he needs is to, like, open up his heart a little bit and believe in something and join the, you know, the cause worth joining. And he does that. He, you know, he goes through that entire arc in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie, he's a general or whatever in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. So... The want versus need, your your character wants to, like, have a smoke, and they carry their, you know, father's pipe, and they, like, they want to have a smoke at every, you know, stopping point or every opportunity to, you know, take a break. But what they really need, maybe, is to, uh, like, reconcile with the legacy of their famous adventurer father and, mm-hmm. you know, ask themselves, like, why do I carry this around anymore? Right. And because that could be really good... Um not fodder, ammunition for the game master. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you guys are like canoeing down a river and you failed your roll, so you go down the waterfall, you lose your father's pipe. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really devastating thing for that character. And now they're anchorless. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, I don't know who I am anymore. Which is usually in in storytelling, and I think it's I think it happens in in role-playing games as well. When something like that happens, you know, characters are suddenly, like, without some sort of anchor, or they're suddenly, like, treading water in a way that they weren't before, uh, emotionally, or... Yeah, usually it's an an emotional thing. When they find out something else to hold on to, and they come out the other side of it, they're usually different. Mm -hmm. And... When that happens, that's, you know, that that's the growth just, like, happening on its own, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what I would say, this is a little, like, put it on the board idea, maybe do that. Like, be brave enough to take something away from your players. Mm-hmm. Put them in a situation where, like, the thing that they relied on suddenly is gone, and maybe, you know, probably not forever. Don't, like, if you've got a sorcerer, don't take away their spellcasting for the rest of the campaign because then, you know, why are they even playing? Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, whatever the whatever the thing is that, like, gives them... Whatever, whatever the thing is that's, like, emotionally important or something key about their character, I would challenge you as a game master to, for a while, take it away from them and then see where they go from there. See how they come out the other side as a different character when they get it back. That's a... And it can also go the opposite way. They can become worse. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have to 
you take something away from them, they don't have to like be, you know, the shining example of good. Mm -mm. They can spiral. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, you could certainly argue that's probably a more fun character to play. I think it's easier. It's like, for example, remember um, back in Torg, Uh uh, Enzo's, um, fuck, what was his name? His like U.S. Marshal from the past who was just mean. Well, he was, you know, a lawman. Yeah, he like, had some baggage. Yeah, and then got in a situation, you know, got ripped out of time, put in a weird world where there's like fucking underground tunnels with monsters, and then he just became a psycho. Yeah, he became a he became a murder hobo. Pretty yeah, he he became a murder hobo. Didn't start out that way. And yeah, which I I would I would argue we haven't really dealt with that trope too much, the murder hobo thing. But yeah. I think most people, you know, write a at least like two-dimensional character and then probably just devolve into murder hoboing because whatever so perfect perfect uh to talk about it now with the murder hobo thing if if you as a player find yourself in a murder hobo hole Mm -hmm. like that's just you accidentally got into that perfect time to talk about character growth because you can claw your way out of that hole yeah you can just always, you know, your character can look for different ways to claw out of that hole. So, like, yes, mechanically, it's easier just to kill somebody than to talk them down. Because mm-hmm. if you try to talk them down and you fail, you might die. You get hurt. So that's something that that character knows in the world. But then, like, they have a moment. And it could, this could happen like off screen, you know, quotes off screen. You know, so just in your own mind, in between sessions, you think, oh, well, maybe my character had a confrontation in a bar and it was about to go south, but then it didn't. And then like that was their aha moment was like, actually, things don't always go wrong. Maybe I'm going to try to talk to the next guy. Yeah. Right, and then it fails, and you end up murder hoboing. Okay, that's fine. Try again, and then eventually it's gonna land, and then boom, character growth. Mm-hmm. So, and you can do things other than like you know, oh, when the heat of the battle is on, you just want your friends and you to survive, right? So maybe you talk to your game master about like, oh, my character wants to do some good. Mm-hmm. They're gonna start a charity. Yeah, right. something back in town or, you know, establish something. They want to, uh, I don't know, seek some sort of redemption. Mm. And, maybe. like, this can all be narrative. Like, you don't have yeah. to, you know, interrupt the session to, like, you know, have a conversation about where are we headed. But also that would be pretty dope as well. I think that would be some good role play. Yeah. In the middle of an adventure, just kind of be like, wait a second, guys. Let's huddle up. I think we're on a, on the wrong path here. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, well, we're just trying to kill this fucking skeleton lord yeah, in the dungeon. Why? Who are we doing this for? Huh? Yeah, Is like, this what we want? What will that do for the greater good? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, creating a goal. And I would say uh, that's a cool thing. And a good a good player will often come up with something like this. They'll, you know... They'll have an idea of something 
it, not necessarily like redemptive. Like you know, when you wanted to just like invest some money and mm-hmm. explore the idea of. Um, you know, getting into some like mercantile stuff. Good players will often do that. They will mm. give. They will come to you with some sort of idea where, like, hey, what if could I interact with the world this way? Um, that'll usually be uh, connected to the idea of them growing somehow, right? Like, One way so or another. For for you know? for Minos, like he wanted to invest in the stock market because his goal was to start a farm. Because, like, that was his background. He came from a farm. Mm-hmm. It all got taken away from him tragically, right? You know, classic... Start an adventure. Classic adventuring background mm-hmm. filled with tragedy. And that was his goal. It's like, I want to get back to when I was happy. I was happy on the farm. But you need money. So I'm going to try to interact in the world in a different way rather mm-hmm. than just kill the biggest monster for the most gold what if I tried to get gold this way? And it, you know, led to some interesting role play. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is interesting things. Do something interesting. Yeah. Something out of the box. So as a game master, if you have, if you have interested players, players who are committed to what you're trying to do for them and they come to you and they're like, Hey, we want to invest in the stock market or I want to build a temple to my God. I want to build a shrine to, you know, spread, um, spread my devotion to this new place that I'm at, whatever, whatever they come to you with, you should engage with them. Cause not engaging is, mm-hmm. is to basically like close the door on the, the idea of character development that they are working on. So if a player ever comes to you and is like, "Hey, can I do this? Is this a is this a thing that I could do in this setting?" I would I would recommend always looking into that and mm. and you don't have to break your back over it. Yeah. Um we're going to we have an episode coming up talking about, about this idea, yeah. These curveballs that your players throw at you mm-hmm. like, you know, these weird You don't instances. have to know exactly the mechanics of how something like this is going to work in the game, but you should always say, "Yeah, totally." And then, you know, put a pin in it if it's going to require some, like, development or uh, some, like, rules that you're not familiar with or whatever. But always facilitate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to put this on the board early before our actual episode about this. But just be amenable to the player. You don't have to give them the world, but it's I think it's funner, more fun mm-hmm. to satisfy and make sure that they're having a good time than it is to strictly stay to your like story plan. Yeah. All right. So that's for later. Mm-hmm. And that was, so that was a lot of talk about the idea of personal growth as, as kind of like a soft concept for how you can, how you can imaginarily play an imaginary character Get who, more, uh, who you know, changes over be time. Be more immersive, um, you know, really get into your character. Mm-hmm. Now, the second part of this episode, probably not going to be as long or as in-depth, but is the idea well, of... certainly not as winding and yeah. confusing, hopefully. This is the idea of uh, leveling and stat progression. The, the, mm-hmm. the mechanical other side of the coin to kind of the soft science of just, like, character growth... Mm-hmm. As like as a writer might talk about it, right? Or um, and again, this is also 
stat progression is also non-essential, mm-hmm. but it is very pervasive. Like D and D, always going back to the standard. Fuck them. Um, they use. They have a great leveling system. Yeah. Well, and it's it's kind of the main thing about that game yeah. is like you know choosing a player race and a player class, and then how that changes over time and over time is mm-hmm. experience which is almost exclusively gained by you know adventuring and dealing yeah. with monsters um and then you know like such and such class at such and such level gets an extra spell or an extra attack that sort mm-hmm. of stuff um that sort of progression we have found in our experience to be non-essential to be completely superfluous to an otherwise successful role-playing experience that being said we are not running uh years long yeah. campaigns we're not running years long dnds with the same party you know where where change over time is more expected i guess mm. um so take it with a grain of salt yeah. on that one but the point is stat progression is a thing very common mm-hmm and what it's meant to reflect is that personal character growth, right? You take Mary and Pippin in the Shire. Mm-hmm. They can't fight a fucking the the Lich King or not the Lich King. The Witch King. The Witch King of yeah. Angmar. They can't fucking fight that person. They can't ride with the Rohirrim. They can't defend Gondor. Mm-hmm. But they went on an adventure. Yeah, they started as you know. Whatever I, I don't know what it's called in D and D, whoever you are before you are a level one, whatever your class yeah. is, because there's the backgrounds, which is like you know you are an artisan or a soldier, acolyte, yeah, a level zero, whatever you yeah. were. Mm. So they were level zero commoners, I guess, yeah. or uh, whatever that background is. Right. And then over time, you know, they grew into a badass adventure yeah, into level whatever. So this is the idea. It's non-essential to have um, a, to have your role-playing game support leveling and statistical progression. You don't need to do that. You can play a whole adventure where everyone is just like level three D and D characters, or you can use a system that doesn't have that sort of leveling. Fine, but if you're gonna have it, the purpose of it is to increase your character's effectiveness over time and. We think that should also be directly tied to the growth that your character mm-hmm. is doing in the first half of the pod well, of this episode that I think, we talked I think all it about. It is unequivocally tied to that, whether or not you role play that out. I think it's meant to be. Right? Like it's meant to simulate yeah. that your character is getting better, like, you know, you level up and so you get new abilities means you practice. Mm-hmm. You put in your ten thousand hours, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you get a when you get like your second attack mm-hmm. per action as a fighter, and you know, say your your uh, your fighter is a is a bowman, is an archer guy. Yeah. Getting that second attack is a game mechanic reflection of the idea that he's shot so many arrows, he's so fucking good at it that in the he's space now efficient. Yeah, in the time it takes a normal joker mm-hmm. to shoot one arrow, he can shoot. He can two. shoot twice. Right. And. So- yeah. I think that that is undeniable. That it's a reflection of your character's progression. Mm-hmm. We think it should be tied to your personal Yeah, we, we think that, like, f- f- so, what I said at the beginning, 
the the mechanics of leveling and of stat progression is non-essential. We've played plenty of games where you we don't. don't have any sort of leveling mechanic. We don't do it. You make the character that you want, and you play as them for the space of however long the adventure lasts. But we highly recommend that you do the first thing we were talking about. Role play the personal growth that your character has, mm-hmm. and then... When you level up, if you're playing D&D, when you hit level three and your class, you know, really opens up and you get to pick kind of the main things that mm-hmm. define your class, it would be great if those decisions were informed by role-playing, not right. just yeah, by, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Oh, I got better I at guess it. Uh, this spell, because mm. whatever. Right, so you can really um, add to the... Um, completeness of the world by oh well here's the reason why i can now attack twice is because i just practiced so long right that's that's right there ready to grab the like multi-classing in D or learning new skills in other systems like boom there's character growth right there like why did you choose oh you're a fighter but now you're multi-classing into rogue mm-hmm Like, yes, there's mechanical advantages to that, maybe. Mm -hmm. But also, what's the reason? Why did your fighter character start being roguish? Yeah. Like, did they... Were they not good enough to make it as, you know, a mercenary fighter? And they they just had to resort to crime? Yeah, they started sneaking and stealing. Right? Or... Maybe, you know, there's some revenge aspect where it's like, I'm going to have to go outside the law. Mm Mm-hmm. For a story reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, so putting, putting a quick pause on this discussion, I would, I would like to say that all of this is us speaking from kind of our, our worldview, not our worldview. That's what I wrote for my little note here, but uh, like our philosophy when it comes to role-playing games, both of us are pretty heavily interested in the ideas of like character, lore, world building and story which is why we are telling you this the way we're telling it to you but if you play in a group where it's just casual gaming and you're all about just like bashing monsters or you're all about just like trying to break the D game system with the silliest spells and the weirdest character loadouts and uh if that's how you play and that's your you know rpg experience and that's fine but this you know You'll, you'll hear this and it won't really speak to how you interact with the game system. We are telling you this because this is kind of our philosophy focused on the idea of like character and storytelling. That might not work for you. That might not be sure. the way that that might not be the way you interact with this hobby. Uh, and we're not here to say that that's the wrong way to play the game or anything because that's definitely not true i think but we're talking about the way we play the game and we've been very i think we've been very clear this is all optional yeah this is this is all just like supplementary stuff that can make your game more interesting if you're interested in the ideas of like immersion and story but if story and character is not what you come to game night for that's fine you know you can make wacky character builds you can level up in you know, optimized or sub-optimized way for whatever you, whatever is the most fun for you. It sounds like Shade, 
and I kind of mean it like shade. Well, then just <laughs> fucking play like Munch. Yeah, I guess like if you're not if you're not interested in like a character driven mm. narrative experience, then that's that's true. Why are you playing a role playing game? Because uh, it's a lot of work, and not yeah, like you oh, could just you're play Munchkin. Not trying, you know, not gatekeeping, being like you can, you can, mm. but just like I feel like then there's a better game for you than this. That's probably true. Because role playing is a lot of work, and at least you know, in the current day, how it's looked on, you know, like you know, we've talked before about how. You know, Gary Gygax was like, yeah, all this like character shit didn't didn't mean that. It's just a war gaming mm-hmm. like you know stats and spreadsheets, yeah. and that's all it was supposed to be. Mm. Well, he can go suck an egg because <laughs> we turned it into something else, and by we I mean the the royal we. The royal we, yeah. The community has mm. definitely. Um, we're we're digressing pretty hard right now, but this is yeah. an interesting thing. The the community, the broader role-playing community, the royal we, as you said, seems incredibly interested in the idea of characters and story mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the rich storytelling opportunities afforded by this interactive, you know, gaming experience, this hobby, which is a game, but is also a, you know... Outlet. Yeah, it's it's an outlet for personal creativity. It's a shared narrative experience where, like, you know, you work together to tell a story as it's happening. And it does seem like, uh, you know, I've never met someone who is, you know, more interested in the nitty-gritty of, like, grid-based dungeon combat than they the were math. in, like, the idea mm-hmm. of their new character and the the gimmicks about like where they came from and what their motivation is Mm -hmm. and interesting, you know, uh, background race class combinations. That does seem to be what the community is most interested in and what, you know, role playing, what people show up for come for the math and the random gambling (laughs) stay for the story. Stay. Yeah. For the, you know, the story of you that you get to create type of thing. Bit of a digression, but... Um, digression. Yeah. Don't really have a good back in, so it's just going to be a little choppy. Stat progression. <laughs> so we were, so yeah, we were talking re- about stat progression. Refine. We recommend yeah. it be informed by the role-playing and the character growth that you do mm. before. Then your numbers should reflect that stuff. So you can refine the things you're already good at, like... Oh, I'm going to level up, which means I'm going to be better at sword fighting. Mm -hmm. All right. You were already pretty good at sword fighting. Now you're better at it. But it can also be used to broaden your horizons, learn new stuff. So it's like, I'm pretty good at sword fighting right now. What I'd like to be better at is talking to people Mm -hmm. because wouldn't everybody, right? Yeah. Or at least all us introverted gamers out here. Um, (coughs) Anyways. So you level, you know, when you level up, you spend points on your like charisma and personality rather than your combat, because like you're already competent combat wise. Mm-hmm. You get better at the social aspect, make a more rounded character. Yeah. You know, your new interests like maybe you want to break into magic. Yeah. Right? You multi class into wizard or whatever, 
or you know if you're playing a different system than D and D, which you should, because yeah, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> um, yeah, you can explore stuff. So maybe the character that you started out as, you completely go a different dire- direction. Those points that you spent creating your character aren't wasted because your character had to grow. So, you know, you're a competent fighter and you're like, yeah, I don't want to be a fighter anymore. I want to be a the charismatic, you know, entertainer. Mm-hmm. Trying to get away from the D&D language. It's a bard. You're a bard. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was just thinking that. I was like, is there anything who's you know, strength is in like interpersonal interaction and that's what their class is built around. And I was like, well, yeah, bard, obviously, but is that it? Kind of. I mean, it's not it, it, but mm. that's the class whose, you know, spells and class abilities are all centered around interpersonal right. interaction. Because then you can grow into like The Rock from, um, fuck, what's that movie? The Run? The Rundown. The Rundown. Right? Really competent fighter, like really good, but like I don't use guns. Yeah, I right? don't. Yeah, and then when he finally does at the end, it's, he's really good yeah, at guns. He he totally wins the fight, and he could have done that the whole time. He could have, yeah, you know, through violence, he could have ended all the situations a lot quicker. But he didn't want to because he wanted to be a chef. Yeah, because he's trying to get away from that. He's trying to get away from that. And he was like, it doesn't matter that he's good at it. It's not him. Mm-hmm. But, so he grows. Yeah. So he grows in a weird direction, but then he has to pull it out at the end of yeah. the movie. And he's using two shotguns at once to kill mm-hmm. all the bad guys. No, he doesn't kill anybody. He's always, like, shooting the That's railing right. out yeah, from under them, and uh, they fall in the river, and then they can't shoot their gun anymore yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's a goofy movie. It's fun. It's a good movie. Anyway. So, yes. There's um, a lot of talk about uh, character growth. Um personal growth on the part of a character and the mechanically supported progression mm. that, uh, you know, two ideas that tie together. This wasn't a tips and tricks. This isn't uh, something that we have, like, um, well, I don't you think know, you need to explain it. bullet points of great advice about, but we were just talking about these ideas. These are things we think a lot about. Because um, in the time between playing sessions... Which unfortunately is, you know, longer than longer we'd than like. we'd like. Uh, we think about, you know, the story, the directions it might go, or we think about new characters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, uh, I guess you know we're wrapping it up here. So personal growth, um, weird little quirks, negative or positive, uh, can come from your player or your character's backstory but can also just spur you know be born out of you know a weird incident during mm-hmm. actual play um staff progression is directly tied to character growth we think um even if you're not buying into that whole you know character backstory you know story first ideology that you know we so clearly uh, believe in obviously we do yeah you can tell what we value when it comes to this hobby mm-hmm. if your experience is different you don't have to listen to that's us that's fine but but if you are like us think about how 
your stat progression, you level up, you get new skills. Think about how that ties into your character. Why did they develop those new skills? Why? How did they refine the skills that they were already good at? Uh, that all ties back to your personal or your character's personality and stuff. <laughs> Ended on a weak note there. Hmm. But some strong ideas. So that'll probably about do it for this episode of Two Headed Game Master. Um, if you like our stuff, you want to check out the other stuff we have, head on over to 2HGM.com. We have Twitter, Patreon. We have a handful of products for, you know. For free. For right free role-playing stuff. We have RPG Lite. We have a little dungeon worksheet. We have some other stuff. Um, the Eclipse Engine, that yep. stuff will all be free. That stuff's always going to be free. What's not is our upcoming, uh, you know, big debut project, which is Afterlife, a game of post-apocalyptic... Sci-fi adventure. Sci-fi adventure in a, uh, in a in a wacky post-apocalyptic United States. Not wacky. That's the wrong. It's um. Well, it could be wacky could be, if you want. If you want it to be wacky, yeah, there's some weird wacky. stuff in there. There's magic. There's a uh, um. There's some more serious factions, but there's also some stuff that is uh you know direct. It is, there's fun homages to other apocalypse media we're going to talk more about it but keep an eye out for it um around early november around our podcast birthday we're going to be releasing that mm-hmm. to the public um it's going to be one book that has the game system and all the like lore and world book information in it uh and we got some art for it that absolutely kicks ass so keep an eye out for that it's gonna rule join our patreon um yeah because you get a lot of perks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're not a patron, be a patron. We do our, um, when we do live play, we uh, we do that live over Discord with our patrons and friends of the podcast. We've done it once, but it was a great time. So I think yeah. we're going to try to continue I think that's how that. we're going to just do it from now on. That's going to be how we do our live play episodes. Because that kicked ass. It was very fun to have everyone in chat while we were playing. And... Um, if you do that, you get to you know hear the live play stuff raw before we release it, and it might not release for a couple months. We recently did our um, our Halloween special special live play. Yeah. yeah, so good reason to join our Patreon. Um, join us next time because mm-hmm. this episode is, we've been along on the wrap up. So yeah, join us next time. We're going to be talking about player death, an interesting idea. Um, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song Pond Hill's Finest as the intro and outro to our show. And we will see you next time. See you next time.